0: Captain Archer of the battle cruiser Enterprise Enterprise I
1: Welcome to The Measure of a Fan, a Star Trek podcast in which two massive Star Trek nerds and a Star Trek newbie go through all of Star Trek chronologically, because why not? I'm PJ Montgomery, and joining me as ever are Star Trek nerd Matt Troy. Yo. And Star Trek newbie Elliot Redd. Also, yo. Good. There we go. Isn't that nice? This week, on our chronological run through, we are looking at the Star Trek Enterprise Season 1 episode. Breaking the ice. Here How do we, we feel about breaking the ice? Um, Just generally, not the episode. Breaking ice with people—you know, introducing yourself, having a nice conversation—usually a bit not. difficult.
2: Yeah, I'd rather go on a big old fat
1: comet. <laughs> For some reason, a fat comet sounds like drugs lingo to me. But I, yeah, <laughs> fat with a pH, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I uh, enjoyed this episode it. I enjoyed it more than more than
2: the other episodes.
1: I've got to be honest, I think this is my favourite episode of the season so far, and I wasn't expecting that to happen.
3: Yeah, I <laughs> nothing happens in it, but I still enjoyed it more than whatever we watched last, I can't remember now.
1: The Andorian incident. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, still,
3: it's still, you know, pretty racist, but it, it, it was <laughs> definitely better than the last one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So this episode was written, this is the first episode of Enterprise that doesn't have a writing credit for Brennan Braga and Rick Berman. So that might be why it's our favorite so far. Yeah, Uh, It was actually written by husband and wife writing team Maria and Andre Jacques Meton. I hope I haven't mangled that pronunciation. Uh, And it was directed by Terry Windell. Uh, who I believe was a veteran of having, he directed a number of episodes of Voyager, I believe, but this was his only episode of Enterprise. So oh, okay. uh, the episode opens with Trip and Phlox looking at pictures. They've been sent by children.
3: Oh, this was, yeah, this was like the first thing. He was like, Hey, DePaul, do you want to hang a racist picture of yourself in your quarters? <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: yeah.
3: It played for yeah, The
2: way, the way she stared at that picture, he <laughs> showed her, <laughs>
3: Imagine somebody coming up to you in in work and, and saying something like that to you, like, "Oh, look at this picture, like of a big fat loser." Do you want to hang this up in your have
1: To deal with that every day. you want to remind them. What one of those? Where did they? How did they get the pictures? Is that like a mail ship that has to catch oh, up with them every so them or often? something?
3: <laughs> yeah, the the Irish school teacher spent like a, a two and a half hours like scanning those images. <laughs> Those bullshit images off the stupid kids is the only solution to send to the Starfleet spacecraft, <laughs> <laughs> or oh. <laughs> alternatively, the children drew them on like iPads and then they printed them out on the Enterprise, which is also weird. Just put leave them on the pads.
2: That's more what I was trying to infer. Though, is that it was a digital like transfer rather than physical?
1: Yeah, but but then that means that they had to print them off on. The Enterprise, every single one of these shit drawings. Yeah, it's just a waste of paper. And you know, just pick pick your favorite on the iPad and then print that. Can't they just make more paper out of poo? Oh, I do all my drawings in poo. (laughs) Oh, not okay.
2: Okay, you just do them in okay. uh yeah yeah that was i mean that was the opening i didn't know where that was gonna go <laughs> i didn't realize it well, was gonna I, be a whole thing on that tell
1: you now <laughs> nowhere literally fucking nowhere <laughs>
2: also, Well, no, there um, was a scene that i found interesting that was related to it later on but it was Yeah, we'll, we'll get
3: to that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the next bit is him going everybody look out the window and everyone's like "Whoa, cool what could be out the window oh, that's right and then it's like oh it's, it's a fucking comet <laughs> like we see yeah. it all the time. Did you think they yeah. Do you think anybody
1: apart from like Archer and a couple of nerds, kid? Well, on the bridge they were saying, "Oh, no one's seen a comet like this before." Let's call it Archer's comet. And yeah, I was ring there in going, kiss um, ring in, kiss ass." <laughs> yeah, surely the sensors discovered it, and then whoever was manning the sensors went, "Hey, I found a comet." And then Archer went, "Mine, it's mine, it's my comet." That's Archer's exactly
2: comet. what I thought. He didn't even say, "Let's call it." He literally just went, "Archer's comet." wow, what a find. Yeah. And it's just like, dude.
1: <laughs> Let's call it Sensor's Comet.
3: <laughs>
1: but then I think every comet ever found would be Sensor's Comet. That's true.
3: But again, if you're like a mid-level, like, you know, I imagine myself, like I'm working on engineering, like I'm, I'm some fucking second lieutenant or an ensign or something, working on engineering. I'm not great at my job, and I'm really worried, like the, the, the bunch of figures that I've given in are wrong. I, I don't care about the comet. I I want to go back to my quarters and spend my evening drinking and checking over the work that I did earlier on to make sure it was right. I don't care about the comet. I, I got problems. I got real problems.
1: But they uh, yeah. So the comet apparently has uh, an element or something inside it that even Vulcans haven't been able to study. I, I didn't write down what it was. I can't remember. Either of you good. get it? No, it, uh, um, didn't bother to care. Techno More ice. Ice. Ilium, something like yeah, that. Unobtainium. Uh, yeah, unobtainium. Yeah. They so they had the uh, the unobtainium in the comet, so they decide to get a sample. But I did I did quite like this aspect of it that they said we can't use the transporter because the samples are twenty meters below the surface. I'm pretty sure by the time we get to other Star Treks, they can do that. Yeah. So this this did feel like an episode that couldn't have been part of another Star Trek show. This was something specific to Enterprise, where a comet is interesting.
3: Oh, you really, really don't give the the terrible writing of the other Star Treks enough credit there, Patrick, because somebody would absolutely, definitely find a way of them not being able to transport that out in any of the other shows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but they'd have to go to more effort to do it. Here, it's just, will that work? Nope. Okay.
3: They'd say oh, it's, it's an Obtainium covered in... Um, a layer of obstructium and the, <laughs> and we have to therefore dig it out and then Jacote would make the plan you know it's uh, it's it, it's annoying me to even think that it exists and it does
1: well no there, I remember one episode of voyager that had a comet but that turned into something else very quickly so
2: that's partially what I was expecting with this episode I was expecting the comet to kind of be something else but no nope, it was just a comet well, or well. just you know a vessel, or you know an egg, or a spaceship, or a illusion mirror—I don't know anything—but it's just it's just a comet.
3: <laughs> something that like gives the warp core worms or something, yeah, I... yeah, or you just how hard you know harbored. I mean, what's the word I'm
2: looking for? Inhabiting that, some virus. I, don't know.
1: I mean, speaking of weird things with comets, I did note down that when uh, they send they send Lieutenant Reed and and Travis down to the comet just so travis has something to do the dream team at last (laughs) yeah but there was that weird thing of hey have humans walked on comets before i don't think so we should mark the occasion so travis lists a couple of fairly normal way you know plant a flag no 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 and reed is there going we got to do something else and my brain was going does reed want to fuck the comet is that, that what's thought, happening I, here? I wrote
3: the exact same thing down. And then when he got his blowtorch out later on to put the eyes in the smile, like, he's going to make a hole in this com- snowman. He's going to fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew whatever those two decided it was going to be, it would be a travesty. <laughs> but that, that's when the Vulcans show up. And yeah, anyway. like, one and, um, thing uh, happens between now and then, and, and, and that's to Paul receiving that message which the actor then unemotionally stares at, which is her job Yeah. Being an emotional Vulcan. But it's very confusing. <laughs> what is she <laughs> supposed to be getting from this? Like, is, is, is she meme. happy? Is she sad? Yeah. There should be a meme, just her face with unemotionally stares underneath it. <laughs> I think what, in those
2: moments, what's usually supposed to happen in a show is the music is supposed to take over.
1: If there's a character
2: that struggles showing an emotion and you're supposed to get a cue from it, it's supposed to be either camera work and music or, you know, lighting and other stuff like that. But it was just so flat in all respects that (laughs) you just got nothing from it. And you were like, oh, is good? Bad?
3: Uh, Bad? Good? Uh, What? She looks hungry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, this, this other Vulcan ship arrives, which I think, other than the Vulcan craft landing on Earth in First Contact, is this the first time in Star Trek we've actually seen a proper Vulcan ship in space? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Which, yeah. which is bizarre to me, given how prevalent Vulcans are in the original series Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. we have We've never seen one before.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I just assume that when the Federation starts, they just use Federation ships after that. They probably have their own Vulcan ships. Like the way I see it, like this is, I mean, I, I assume we'll discuss this in future as well. But let's address this now. You have your own spaceships that you have to protect your home world. But you also like put in some money and Starfleet gives you a ship. And and then you use that for Starfleet reasons, which could then also include helping to protect your world. Like, I'm fairly certain that's how it works, and that's how yeah. all the ships have human – well, most of the ships have human names because they get filtered.
1: There's a couple of references in the original series to Vulcan science ships and ships with Vulcan crews, but we don't yeah. actually see them.
3: Yeah. It's kind of like if the UN – like, you just paid the UN to have a fleet to protect you and do stuff, as yeah. well as your own navy. Yeah. Did, did we see any Vulcan ships in either of the three
2: Abrams
1: movies? I don't remember.
3: Uh, the Jellyfish is a Vulcan ship, I believe.
1: Yes. Well, I think it depends on. I mean, oh. if you go by the comic book prequel, Geordie built it.
3: Okay, that's that's fine. It's not a Vulcan ship. But yeah, I'm I, not sure. Yeah, I'm fairly certain there's like at least one of the ships. Uh, from the fleet that goes to protect Vulcan, has a Vulcan name, but um, yeah, I, I don't think we see any now. So the Vulcans turn up, and they're Captain Vannik Oh, Vannik who is a prick before he opens his mouth. Like, he, he doesn't even say anything. Before anything happens, he's like, oh, that they, that's a prick. And then um, Arthur's <laughs> <laughs> like, um, okay, okay, cool. And he's like, if you have no objections, we'd like to remain here and observe and, and masturbate. <laughs> what was that? Uh, observe. Uh, you, you, you want to what? Uh, I just observe, yeah, <clears throat> and, and masturbate.
1: That second thing you said, you said and, something after observe.
3: Uh, I No, there must be something wrong with the... <laughs>
2: Captain, shall I use a translator?
1: That is exactly how the conversation goes. Yeah, he but he the prick, isn't he? He's- yeah. But it's it's that weird thing that Enterprise does where Archer's racist towards Vulcans, yeah. but all Vulcans are also utter bell ends at this point.
3: Yeah, nobody like picks up a book and goes, "Oh, first contact yeah, humans." You've got to kind of just be a little bit cheerful with them, and they get really <laughs> receptive. But they they're not quite smart enough to figure out that this is just the way that we are. Uh, so you've got to kind of like you know you got to you treat them like a dog, and and they'll respond well. It's really stupid. Like nobody on both of these ships who who are not only trained military personnel but they also trained diplomatic personnel as well just don't understand that like we rub each other up the wrong way you know they're like massive extroverts and we're like terrible introverts and and we just don't get on well we're friends he's vanik
2: said that he'd been a commander for what 70 years yeah
1: yeah 70 70 something years
2: so and he'd never set foot on a human vessel um probably had minimal contact with humans in general right and I assume yeah. that's just partially to do with Vulcan culture at this point in time in the Star Trek universe and the fact that they haven't actually had exposure to humans too much.
3: You are right, but I will also posit this. Everybody else is like humans. like All of the other alien races you encounter are, are more like humans than they're like Vulcans, and they're still True. not used to it. True. I, I can see more
2: sense in Vanek not applying uh, the bother to use his logic to be on humans or whatever the fuck, but yeah. Archer's excuse for not trying to actually, you know, use a Vulcan's logical sense against him and instead just being a rowdy Texan prick who goes, why won't you shake my hand?
1: <laughs> 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 well, that's it. Archer has dealt with Vulcans for several years now yeah. Yeah. on on earth. And, and he's still, All it takes is five minutes of trying to converse with one and he starts shouting. And (laughs) I think Archer's got some anger issues that he needs to deal with. He's very rude. I'd hate to take a customer
3: service phone call from him.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, God, yes.
3: (laughs) Wow. I reckon Vulcans are huge pushovers when it comes to customer service, actually.
1: Oh, yeah, you've just got to try and convince them that what you're doing is the logical thing to do.
3: Yeah, or just not explain it and they won't ask any questions because they're just weird like that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> or well, yeah. I think topol topol's confliction in this episode is a bit difficult for Vulcans to process. Obviously, anyway, oh, we'll get to that.
3: Have... I can't wait to get to that. I think well, the what? next bit is where those two fucking losers go to the the comet, isn't it?
1: Is yeah, that before
3: um... the children section. Well,
1: let's just deal with with the comet, because we can just discuss this very quickly. It doesn't have much relevance to the rest of the episode until the end, so they say that they can't... they have to go down to the comet at certain times, because when it's exposed to the sun, it gets very hot, and they have to go on the cold side, and, you know, fine. They go down, Uh, Travis says he's only seen snow twice in his life, and then proceeds to build the shittest snowman I have ever seen. I like that. He was consistent. Well... Uh, yeah, but also at the same time, no. But I also- feel like five-year-olds have built better snowmen than that.
3: But it's it's just that when they're going there as well, it's just like,
1: we're generally two of the most boring
3: characters in the show. I wonder how we'll fuck this up. And I, he wasn't <laughs> saying that, but he was saying that to me. And it also, it was really nice to see that Travis managed to find the one turd left on the comet by an Orion survey ship to land on as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just, yeah and, and reed had to clean shit off the shuttle pod before they even got back to the ship it was like
2: Argh! oh my god uh, that uh, every time that malcolm opened his mouth in this episode and got excited about something you've like ruined the show for me matt because every time he's excited <laughs> about something i'm like oh is he excited about cleaning is he excited <laughs> about the return trip
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, anyway god.
2: um but what the shittiness of the snowman may also have been due to the fact that it probably wasn't real snow, right?
0: But um. what, what also <laughs> gets
1: me, though, is they, they use the blowtorch to put a face in it because you can't just put your finger in snow and do it that way like yeah. a normal person. <laughs> yeah. You have to use a blowtorch from the future. <laughs> but then later on when we see it, they've put some very lovelily sculpted Vulcan ears on it. They racist up the snowman, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, did they? I hadn't noticed that. They put Vulcan yeah, ears on it. They
1: have a conversation with Archway. He's like, "We can see what you're doing. This we, we have, Go you on. know, we have a view screen technology. Oh, we can see the so snowman." That makes so much more sense. And they went, "Oh, yeah, no, we're going to get rid of it." And then next time we see it, because he says the Vulcans can see it too, and the next time we see it, they haven't got rid of it. They've put Vulcan ears on it. Oh, my God. And ears is a really hard thing to do on a snowman. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Malcolm did so. That. It must have been Malcolm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Before the school bit, also
3: there's the next bit where obviously they have to decrypt the message as well.
1: Yeah, so Trip and Hoshi find that uh, an encrypted message has been sent to the Vulcan ship from Topol's quarters. And it's all set up as a big... Ooh, is Topol actually working against the Enterprise? Is there something going on here? And then I think this episode was running short, very short.
3: Oh, the, the
0: school day, yeah. To the students of Ms. Malvin's fourth grade class at the Worley Elementary School in Kenmare, County Kerry, Ireland. This is Captain Archer aboard the starship Enterprise. On behalf of the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for your transmission. We all got a real kick out of your drawings and letters. You asked a lot of interesting questions. I wish we had time to answer all of them, but if we did that, we wouldn't get much exploring done. So I've selected a few and hopefully our answers will give you a better idea of what life is like out here. Liam Brennan asks, What do you eat? For the most part, the same things you eat at home. Our chef can make anything from a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to uh, turkey with all the trimmings. We have a hydroponic greenhouse on board where we grow fruits and vegetables. And we can also uh, replicate certain foods with our protein resequencer.
3: Yeah. Irish Irish name is asked. It felt very separate, didn't it? It was great, though. It was the best part of the show.
1: I agree. I agree. It, it just felt... Suddenly you're there, and it has no relevance to any of the rest of the episode.
3: <laughs> Jeff Miles says, oh, you are fucking on that starship or what? <laughs> 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 what so, yeah, there was tiny child. Why was he so <laughs> interested in people popping off on of the spaceship? Yeah,
1: well, they're, they're recording a message for a group of kids in... Presumably the kids who sent them pictures from... A school in Ireland. Now, we don't see what age these kids are, but I assume it's early secondary school, so they're horny as fuck teenagers. No, but we've seen their drawings.
3: <laughs>
1: like, That's I, I true. Think,
3: I think those drawings, so they're, they're, they're young kids, and then you've got you know, Molly McEvoy, <laughs> and where do you flush the toilet? Where does it go? And then... Um, Trip gets really angry. He goes, are we just sweep her under the shuttlecraft from Malcolm? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I, I, gotta say, I was starting to get bored of the scene until the moment when Archer says, Trip, can you answer this question? And Trip's all like, but I'm not sanitation. I'm the chief engineer and you're making me answer questions about poo. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh like, my God. That year.
2: moment. Yeah. No, that moment when he literally turns the thing off and his big old Texan accent just went, a poop question, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <And it's like, laughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm, okay then, I, i'm start, starting to enjoy this show now
3: <laughs> the icing of the cake is when they, they have flocks like, i'm dr flocks i have no boundaries and now i'm talking to children <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> and archer cuts him off but yep they did they did try and find the most irish names they could for the children they did didn't they yeah irish McIrish name
3: yeah i it was brilliant like i there should be more of that on the show you like, but a really inappropriate moment. Like, you know, someone's just died, and Archer's like, well, uh, I'm going to speak to a uh, Scottish uh, school. Uh, How do you sleep at night, Captain Archer? <laughs> flood. Uh, I mean,
2: I, it also just feels like it makes more sense at this stage when the exploration is new and they're like not discovered much yet for them yeah. to be like, yeah, this is what we're doing and what we're discovering. Four hundred years later, they're going to be like, okay, we aliens are like down my street now, so whatever. But
1: <laughs> four hundred years later, the school kids are just on the fucking ship with them. Well, oh, yeah,
3: oh, yeah. is incredibly irresponsible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but yeah, but, the, the, it was nice to find out everything because I'd wondered about a lot of the stuff they actually addressed
1: in that scene. So, did, you, did you ask the question about the fucking Elliot? Is that what? No, the is pin- that what happened? You wrote in and went. <laughs> They went, do you fuck on that ship?
2: <laughs> yo, yo, what's that ship for? Yo, what's a photo? What's a photo? Uh,
3: at the end of it, we'll be like, okay, so uh, Captain Archer out. Okay, guys, we ready to answer the uh, respondents from the Pornhub commentators now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> questions from?
2: That's when Malcolm goes, oh, I'm ready, sir. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, Malcolm. Well, all the question from, from Malcolm. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: From Malcolm for Malcolm. <laughs> Here's a question from Malcolm R. The second one from Malk Reed. This one's from a man called Reed Malcolm. Hmm. It was fun. But has absolutely no relevance to anything else in the episode. So yeah, it felt extra. Cut. <laughs> I, I do think the episode was running short. Yeah. Uh, we then have... Trip has and Hoshi have presumably... Well, Trip comes to the captain saying, look, uh, we've read this message, it was encrypted. And he says he's the only one who's read it, but presumably Hoshi had to translate it for him.
3: Oh, she didn't read it, though. She, she ran must have just run the it scene. through a
1: program. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, she would put it through a Google
3: Translate
1: and didn't read it. But it turns out that Topol's not conspiring and it's just a very personal message that she didn't want the rest of the crew reading and now Trip feels very embarrassed that he's read it and I do quite like that as a twist that they played it as Topol is being sneaky this is bad and it turns out she's just got some personal baggage she's dealing with
3: Right, like this to me feels like one of those moments where they needed to be a little bit more military and Archer just needs to turn to Trip and go, dude you killed like five guys with a laser gun this is pretty low end stuff, you know. This is a military yeah.
1: strip. Just stop fucking around, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think Trip going. Oh God, I've got to tell her that I've read it, and it's like, no, you don't kill people. Yeah, he's murdered people, and this
3: is what he's getting guilty about. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, he he went and got pregnant with a weird <laughs> alien lady. I forgot that now he's he pregnant. All, but now he's all, oh, I read a personal letter that the person who sent it doesn't know I read and could probably never know. I'm sure I could not talk to her about it. <laughs> Instead he goes and talks to her
3: about it. <laughs> yeah. Arthur was gagging to know about what was in that letter as well. Yes. But he yes. had to fool about it. If he's ever going like, to find out, he had to make sure that Trip didn't think that he wanted to know it, so next time Trip was drunk, to <laughs> would tell him. <laughs> that is definitely what happened after the episode ended. Also, like to Paul, like stop fucking around me, just just do things properly. Like, yep, like, you're in outer space working on a spaceship. Like, yeah, it wouldn't take you know it'd take a while to get there. Like, I send packages to Canada regularly that take like three and a half weeks to get where they're supposed to go. Like, to Paul, you can wait for this, mate. You can just fucking wait for it. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but. Trip goes to Topol and says, "I read your message. I'm really sorry." And she's like, "Well, you read it. Nothing I can do about that." And throw some shade without saying that that's what she's doing, basically. Yeah, that's it for a moment, really. With that, it's it feels like a very disjointed episode. Now I'm talking about it out loud. Things sort of just happening.
2: Uh, well, there's like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different beats.
1: And it just sort of seems to skip around between them all from one to the other and without any real natural segues. Yeah.
3: I think that the intention is that they're sort of gently, like, pulling on various, like, they're pulling on one piece of string and they're kind of, like, drawing all of, like, the bits together, but it doesn't come out that way. It just feels like it's just random bits going on and you're kind of like, oh... Sooner or later I'm gonna to have to find out what all this means and I, I don't really care that much.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well it was still better than most of the episodes before it.
1: <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. Yeah, so we I can't remember now if it's next we get the dinner scene or next we get to Paul going to see flocks. Uh, one I think of I those things The happen.
3: dinner scene next.
1: Okay. So, so
3: next we have um yeah, Archer. Yeah, Archer says get get rid of Captain Vanek, and and then he just he says just help me to make him go away. And I just wanted
1: to Paul to go. You want me to kill
3: Captain Vanek? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's where we have the awkward dinner where Archer just gets a, becomes an angry racist, and Vanek is a standoffish prick.
3: Yeah, it's like that. Um, something wrong with your park tar? Huh? No, I'm just a prick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I mean at least they went to the effort of making him poktah. I know.
3: And also the racist snowman's is this bit as well. That's where that comes up as well.
1: Yeah. Do we know yeah. what poktah is? It's a Vulcan delicacy. Oh, it's some disgusting Vulcan crap. <laughs> it's it's leaves probably.
3: Yeah, it's something boring. I don't know. I mean sometimes the things that she eats look good and other times they just look like the world's most bland salad. Well, I mean he only drinks water. So, <laughs> he knows because what I'm he only like eats with piss. because i have said. <laughs>
1: uh, what a Vulcan practical joke is like. They probably just nerve pinch you and then call you illogical
3: I reckon it's intensely practical. Say. Like um, the the joke is that that you needed a, a wad of paper and now you have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's purely mm-hmm. practicality in joke form.
3: <laughs> I noticed that your tires were quite flat, so I pumped them up. <laughs> m- and then m- the m- other <laughs> log is just,
1: I don't get it. And then the first Falcon <laughs> says, He will think about it later, and you will smile, Riley. <laughs> so be it. Can <laughs>
3: <They never> do. <laughs> I have logical jokes instead of practical jokes as well?
1: <laughs> tell us a logical joke Matthew oh Christ the light let me come back
3: to you <laughs> I just, I just remind myself what logic is logic
1: <laughs> so they have yeah, a lovely then,
3: dinner
1: they have and then Vanek who was invited to dinner says oh I've already eaten like, what, what, <laughs> don't go to fucking dinner then you prick <laughs> He's such a prick <laughs> He knew there would be a dinner. <laughs> if you knew you were invited to dinner, eating food before you go is illogical. Yeah.
3: Got it there. You got it. Even if he knew he was, he probably thought it was going to be gross or something, or like he'd seen on TripAdvisor that Enterprise had like one star hygiene rating. But yeah, just go like push the food around your plate. John,
2: Do you know, I don't think I've ever seen a worse guest because he went there. He had no intention of starting any conversation or finding out anything or asking any questions. Nor did he have any intention of ask of answering or giving any information. Why did he go
1: there? Yeah, I know. Like, because otherwise, we wouldn't see Archer being racist. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he was. He, he had like no
2: that. purpose to step foot on that ship.
3: The weird thing about Archer as well is he seems to have like some happy memories of working alongside Vulcans in the past. Yeah, like that whole thing about like the EVA, uh, EVA suit that he goes out in, and then Vanek is a prick about. <laughs> 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 but Yeah, he, just he can't help it. I think that's it. I think he's got the sort of um, uh, I've got I, I've got Vulcan mates kind of thing. I can say this kind of stuff. I think that's Archer's problem. You've got
1: I'm not racist, cases, right? I'm friends with some. That's, yeah. 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 Uh, but after the awkward dinner, T'Pol so goes to see the Doctor because she's got a headache. Oh, yeah, That was weird. Is that foreshadowing something coming up? I was thinking that myself. I've, but I think, I can't remember if that's actually quite a ways off or not and if this was just coincidence. Mm. Yeah, it is a bit
3: interesting. I, It might I yeah, just be like um, a... A way of her sort of having to speak to Trip about the you know what,
1: yeah. So Flock says, you know, you've, you've clearly got some issues. You need to talk to someone about it. And she's like, oh, I don't want it. But then she decides she will, and she chooses Trip because he already knows her personal business because he read the letter. That's literally why she talks to Trip.
3: <laughs> yeah, and he she knows he's not going to be
1: any use at all whatsoever. So I I did quite enjoy the scene though. When Trip goes to the quarters and they have a conversation where she says, well, I'm in an arranged marriage. It's supposed to be next week, but I don't want to go. I don't really want to do it, but I also do have to do it because Vulcan culture, you don't understand. And Trip's basically like, uh, I'm a human. I make my own decisions.
3: (laughs) It was, it was a weird scene. There were a couple of weird things in there. There's that whole bit where, um tripp claims that arranged marriages went out with slavery. And I'm assuming yeah. he means like official slavery and not, you know, modern slavery, in which case he's absolutely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and, and also like there's this weird back and forth, and this is always interesting because it's guilt culture, which is what trip comes from, and honor culture, which is what the poll comes from in in terms of, of what's going on here. But like they could, you know, there are literally both of those cultures on Earth. Uh, but Vulcan culture is so sort of monolithic that it's, 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 it's weird, even though it's like this is a conversation that two humans could be having with each other. But we're supposed to think that it's is like, oh, it's real well weird. She's having an arranged marriage. That's crazy. Imagine humans that we do.
1: Yeah. Not all still absolutely, yeah. That. yeah. But I, it does feel like, uh, there's, there's some genuine. Character growth between two of them here for the
3: show, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's the first time we've really seen that on Enterprise. Seen actual character development that wasn't just. But Hoshi, the language was inside you all a lot. <laughs> oh, the language inside. Um, and yeah, was well, interesting,
3: I guess, in in that respect. Yeah, I think it helps that they got down to the core of
2: what's interesting, which is when he says "Yeah, what forget all the, that shit what the fuck do you want yeah like what do you actually want and then obviously the whole conflict is between do i care about what i want more or do i care about what i'm told i should want more
3: yeah i i, I always think just as a slight side note that if you're writing um a sci-fi show with lots of different alien races and you have not bothered to include infinite diversity and infinite combinations as you know, their cultures. You should just start stating from the, the offset, look, humans are weird because they have such a broad range of cultures. There's no set element to human beings like other races do. You know, Klingons are all about honor, Vulcans are all about logic, and Dorians are a bit violent, which is a bit lame really as a as a trait. But for me yeah. are all about greed. Yeah, we just need to kind of kind of settle on the fact that what 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 are humans like? They have no defining characteristic. It's weird, but you can talk to one human and it's like talking to a Ferengi. You can talk to another human, it's like talking to a Cardassian.
1: I feel like maybe humans should be something in Star Trek. Humans are all about whimsy.
3: <laughs> Isn't there whole Star Trek thing where they're supposed to be um, explorers? They're they're curious people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah humans like to
3: poke things. They do. Humans cause problems.
1: But that really takes us to the climax of the episode which things start to go wrong because Travis falls over like a bell-end.
3: Yeah, like not even in a bad way.
1: He just he's climbing out of a little crater that they've dug to mine this mineral and he just slips a bit and hurts his knee. That's it.
3: I have um, an issue with this scene as well. Why is there normal gravity on that comet? Like, I know the answer to yeah. that. They couldn't afford to do otherwise. But if that was an ordinary body, even if it was quite dense, uh, being 82 kilometers across, they should be able to like semi-float back. Like, He should be able to jump out of that comet, out of that hole, sorry, with his good leg. And then they should be able to jump back to the ship. And then when they got to the ship, they wouldn't even need to... Uh, fire up the main engines. They could just use like maneuvering thrusters or like pressurized you know air to push off that rock. Is it yeah, I mean we know why that's the case, but uh, yeah, <laughs> my logical yes. argument on
1: it. So they they do get back to their shuttle and they fire it up and uh, basically the asteroid starts falling apart and they go down into a crater instead, which is bad luck, really. Yeah, and then this is where Archer he has his hero moment because they need to fly the ship close enough that they can get the shuttle using their grappling hook thingies. It's like, the And fair. Archer's like, I'll do it. I got it. You go away, extra, who we've never seen before. And he sits in the pilot's seat and moves Enterprise a few meters to the left.
3: <laughs> this is very Star Trek uh, hero moment where, yeah, you, you basically, it's like two people operating a grabber claw from the fair uh like one's operating the downward motion and somebody else is doing the left to right like that's essentially the tension at the end of this episode
1: yeah but just so that they can say no it's not starfleet incompetence that's the problem here they say that the, the reason they can't pull the shuttle out with the grabby toy is because it's it being interfered with by some form of radiation or something from the comet magnetism or something
3: again this is it if this is the layer of uh, obstructium above the unobtainium now
1: yeah yeah which you know in in other star treks they just go oh i will just phase that out the way that's fine
3: no it would still affect them this is this is my 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 point that i stand by is no matter how advanced star trek gets if you need to beam somebody from five meters under the surface of the planet the planet is made of lead and you can't get them out it's
1: always the way I just feel like with with this comet and the setup, it's more basic in Enterprise. Oh be- yeah, absolutely. And, and I like and I like that that they actually leaned into it a bit this episode. But yeah, basically, to Archer has to swallow his pride, contact the Vulcans and say, "Can you use your tractor beam, please?" But he's still yeah. a dick about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I reckon. It. The good thing about that is that when with T'Pol says, "Look, if you really want to annoy him, ask for his help." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he offers he his help, doesn't
1: he? And it's, it's that thing where he knows you're not going to say yes, and he's, he's baiting you. Yeah, he
3: sat, sat there tapping the tips of his fingers together, watching, you know, them trying to get them out of the hole. He's just chuckling to himself, and then the message comes through, and he's like, oh,
1: piss. And then he <laughs> has to help. <laughs> so they use the tractor beam, and they get malcolm and travis out of the hole and presumably then they're able to fly back to the ship we don't see that i think we see them at all for the rest of the episode yeah which is fine archer sort of thanks vanik for his help sort of
3: (laughs) yeah i think though that that is just him being vulcan though that's his weird sort of like you know just like snarky remark hidden in a in a in a straight statement and, and if Bannock is offended by that, he can literally go fuck himself because that's his yeah. game. That's what he does. <laughs> He's yeah. just learning from Bannock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Topol says she's going to stay. She's not going to do her arranged marriage. And then she has some pie.
3: Oh, yeah. She eats that terrible looking
1: pecan pie. Yep. Because she is becoming more human. And that is a good thing.
2: Racist. <laughs> What's
3: that? is it the ghost of racist star trek racist.
1: it does it is it is a bit you know star trek at the moment is saying but vulcans don't really want to be vulcans they want to be humans yeah being vulcan is shit I mean, i'm like no you've got super strength objectively though yeah, everything been touched on
3: yet. oh yeah they have super strength okay <laughs> it's not like massive, but it's like it's it's noteworthy. Apparently they are stronger than humans. I think Vulcan okay. has slightly higher gravity or something. Yeah. Oh dicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, they're really
2: racist. <laughs> <laughs> On fair oh. advantage, man.
3: <laughs> also, um, one thing that I want to take away from this episode that I've definitely mentioned more than once in the past. How the Vulcans became the like official diplomats of the Federation is remarkable, because they just seem like real jerks.
1: Yeah, I, well, I think that's one of the the ongoing storylines in Enterprise, isn't it? We get a lot of a lot into Vulcan culture and and how that develops, as I recall.
3: I, well, yeah, it, it, it does. But even so, like, I still don't think that pure logic is a great way of. Of, like, debating and sort of bringing consensus to, to other people. Like, it's handy to you know, get a Vulcan guy on your team, but don't listen to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want a Vulcan and a Beta Zoid with you? Yeah. But, uh, you don't want them to be uh, your key negotiators? No,
3: get, get a conjoined Trill in there as well. Somebody, you know, mix it up a little bit. And, uh, and you should be fine. But I just feel that it needs a little bit more than pure logic to to negotiate those things
1: yeah i agree so i think that's it for breaking the ice it feels weirdly like an episode that we all quite liked but that doesn't really have a whole lot to say about it (laughs) i will say
3: just you know in in general about the episode that i think that is the reason why we liked it because it's not ridiculous it's it's sort of it is ridiculous because you know Travis and, and Reed build a snowman that they're gonna fuck on an asteroid and they fall <laughs> down a pit. Like there's lots of weird things going on. But generally, like there's nothing purely ridiculous that so we're not going, how did these people who've only been underground for twenty years develop a whole new society? It's, it's yeah, of course. It was space exploration and it works. Yeah,
2: it was uh, obviously I think we just had a lot less to complain about. <laughs> and it's 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 not like this show is incredible yet or anything, but that was a lot more enjoyable than the the previous attempts at you know branching genres and weird messages about equality and stuff that the first five episodes of a series is quite brave to try and attempt
1: I think for me it's part of the reason I like it is that we are finally getting some. Some proper character development, and um,
2: that was nice too. And,
1: yeah. yeah, that that's actually starting to happen, and that they are building up the relationships between the characters. Because to Paul and Trip, you know, they set out to have these as two of the main characters. So to have them actually now interacting with each other properly and developing a relationship, I think is is quite nice to see. So I guess that's it for, for breaking the ice. Our next episode will be continuing with Enterprise Season 1 with Civilization. Elliot, what do you think will be happening there? Well, by the sounds of the title
2: of the episode, uh, I'll do something they haven't actually done yet and find a planet with a civilization, I imagine, because they've found some planets. They've mostly been empty or they had like people in a cave or something. So actually finding a city would be
1: new i guess like a fully inhabited planet yeah well i don't remember the
3: episode at all so matt do you vaguely i have a feeling it's a prime directive episode if i ah three prime directive episodes obviously that doesn't exist yet i've got ever so slightly remember it being quite similar to the one in like the next generation where they meet proto-vulcans and someone gets shot with a bow and arrow i think it's like that oh yes Hmm. yes
1: I remember that one. Well, that'll be interesting. then. So when we get to that, hopefully we'll be able to have some fun discussion about that too. Ooh.
3: Who knows where which shuttlecraft is going to land in poo next week. <laughs> My money's on shuttle one. Oh, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> we, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, if you would like to leave us a, a nice positive review and maybe rate us on your podcast app of choice, we would appreciate that. If you want to find us online, there are links in the description of the show. You can just click on those, and that will take you to all sorts of wonderful places. In the meantime, we're going to go and uh, get some unobtainium off a comet. Yeah, I'm going to complain about a salad. Cool. Elliot, you?
3: Uh, I only drink water.
1: <laughs> well, this is going to be a fun evening for all of us then, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
1: I got real problems. He got muted. That's what he did. <laughs> he got muted. It's true. I bro. didn't mute. You You just went dead. You, you cut out, <laughs> bro. <laughs> you said you had something and then you just, you didn't tell us what you had. No problems. <laughs>
3: Clearly. No, I can't sit on my notes. Get off the notes.
1: Have we lost Matt? Possibly. I think we've lost Matt. Oh, no. Matt, we lost you.
2: Where's he gone? Maybe he's stuck on an asteroid. And it's up to you to get the extra out of here and then drift lazily to the left.
1: Matt Troy died horribly on an away mission. So we should end the episode there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's very sad. We'll just have to commemorate him.
1: Uh, We hope you have enjoyed the show. We are gonna be back again soon we always are hopefully i don't know who knows we haven't even started releasing these yet what am i on about who the fuck cares
2: <laughs> yeah that's cool who cares
3: guys see you later we love you I'm We're gonna, gonna take, to take that again affected by enterprise <laughs> <happening with you.
1: laughs>
3: why are we doing this nobody cares
1: yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna take this again
2: <laughs> yeah you do that <laughs>